Hello, and welcome to the Willis Reed episode of the Hoop Theory Podcast, aka episode 19. My name is Logan Wortman, and today, on this very chilly December Monday evening, I'm joined once again by Jacob Roth. Jacob, how's it going? It is going great. Uh, chilly is correct. For those yeah. of you that aren't in our vicinity, Thursday is negative 40 is the uh, expected uh, wind chill, <laughs> at least out where I'm at. So, Yeah, that uh, sounds awful to be to be completely honest. Not looking forward to it at all. No. <laughs> um, did you like my intro there? Choosing Willis Reed. I thought about doing uh, Sviatoslav Mikhailuk for jersey number 19, but I thought that would be a little bit a little bit crazy. <laughs> it made me laugh. No, I, I was like, when I was thinking of Nate, like 19, I was thinking, I was like, who's he going to come out with? And I was not expecting Willis Reed. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, all right, so for this show, I feel like we're going to be, you know, you're going to be LeBron. I'm going to be Alex Caruso. You know, I'm just bringing the ball up the floor, dishing it off to you. You're going to be initiating the offense from there. So, I think yeah, I, other than the initiation, but like in it, LeBron doesn't work. I'm like Stockton and you're Malone. I like <laughs> facilitate and you provide the actual meat. But anyway, so yeah, we are jumping into the today's episode. Uh, it's going to be a little structured is the goal because, uh, for those of you that listened last time, things got a little bit wild. Uh, you might have not heard it, but we heard it, and uh, it got a little bit off the rails is the best way to put it. So um, I figured we'd start off where we uh, should, and that is with the Nuggets Nook. We can change the name. That's uh, patent pending. Uh, but anyway, just talking about the Nuggets, they're currently 18-11. and 11. They're tied for second in the West. Um, so uh, they are both one game back, and I believe the head of the West is Memphis. And they're just a game back. So it's it's close in the West, much like it is in the East. But um, I feel like just to start off the Nuggets, uh, Jokic had a little bit of a uh, nuclear moment last night. For those that were recording on the 19th, uh, Jokic went off a little bit crazy yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yep, I was a little bit... like I thought that there was a typo on the screen, like halfway through the second quarter. Not even. We were just a few minutes into the second quarter. When it sh- it came up on the screen and it said sixteen rebounds for Jokic, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> like he had, I think he had played eleven minutes at that point, something like that. So, yeah, he uh, he had himself a night um, on the boards. Um, I can't remember. We were playing Hornets, right? Yeah. Yep, it was Hornets. in Charlotte. So, yeah, I guess I don't know. Mason Plumley. They, I mean, they have guys rebounding there, but for some reason, all of them went to Jokic last night. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, he had himself quite the week as well. He had uh, on Wednesday with uh, Washington, where he was awarded the first ever Michael Jordan trophy, which we'll get to later. But he scored 43, I think, 43, 14, and 8, uh, 17 of 20 from the field. One of those shots being a half-court heave, uh, and another one was a, a blocked shot that he got right back and put back in. So, uh, yeah, crazy efficient week and honestly putting up a, a decent case for maybe maybe gonna see a third mvp honestly no he averaged 36 points a game 17.3 rebounds on the average obviously in 8.7 assists 
So you're flirting with the triple double, which he always has been. But if he, if he, even if I feel like he gets to that triple double with a 15 point rebound in in that ballpark of a 30 to 33 points per game, like mm-hmm. that might be enough of like a oh boy. With obviously the the Nuggets being a one seed, probably just because of the voter fatigue, he has to be up. Like there's no world where you're like okay, yeah, yeah. If he would have sneaked out a triple double, you would have been like okay, it's Jokic. It's kind of what he does, but. Like an aggressive 30, like a strong 30, not like 30.1, like a 32 point something, middle, like 15-ish rebounds a game. And that's just like saying random numbers like they're not hard to do. But I feel yeah. like that is what you would need to do to be able to like get the, be able to just overcome that voter fatigue uh, to get the three time. But he had a crazy good week and we'll touch on the uh, East and West players of the week. So yeah, Jokic was the West representative. They went two and one last week. Um Looking ahead to what the Nuggets have upcoming, a little bit of a brutal uh, stretch here uh, going into Christmas. They've got Memphis tomorrow, uh, first place in the West. Uh, well, well, how? One thing that I was curious: How do you think they match up against Memphis? Because like that's unfortunate. Like not the NBA is not that terrible with it, but how do you think? Because they don't really have a Jaws probably going to do what he wants a little bit. How do you think they they match up with with Memphis? Because that's probably who they're going to have to be. Uh, those head to heads I think are going to matter this year. Especially with yeah. how cl- how close things look like they're going to be, and we're only about a quarter of the way through the year. Yeah, um, I would say we don't match up very well against Memphis, but at the same time, I don't think Memphis fans would say they met- match up with us that well either. Especially with uh, you know a Nuggets roster theoretically at full strength, I've, I feel a lot better about better about our chances there. But our roster right now with uh, MPJ still sitting out and um, Jamal just having probably the roughest stretch of his season so far, these last couple games, hopefully that turns around, but yeah, I guess guarding, you know, I think the, the point of the attack with Memphis is definitely in the backcourt with Ja and Desmond Bain. Um, so having KCP and Bruce Brown is like, you know, it, it gives me a little bit more comfort, but outside of that, we have, you know, no rim protection at all. Uh, Jaws is going to get in the paint and eat up points there. Jokic is going to keep the the Memphis bigs all in foul trouble, though. Steven Adams is going to foul out. Jaron Jackson Jr. probably won't even make it through the first half. Like, um, So, yeah, it'll be an offensive battle for sure. Yeah, no, I, I, and that's not necessarily a huge surprise with just how the Nuggets have had to be like, we'll keep up with you points-wise, or Jokic will at the bare minimum. Um, mm-hmm. then they have a game in between them and their sons matchup on Christmas. Uh, but they got Portland, but, uh, if, if Dame wants to do crazy things, Dame will do crazy things. Uh, and that's what you guys got on the 23rd, uh, which is going to be Thursday. If my brain, no Friday, if my brain's working right Friday, mm-hmm. and then you'll have, uh, on Christmas, uh, to round the week out, sons will face off again, or they'll face off against the sons. Um, and yeah. there'll be a battle of the tied for second and the fourth team in the West mm-hmm. as of right now, obviously. Uh, and the Suns are only a half game back. So, again, a lot of these head-to-head matchups in the top half of the – well, honestly, the entire playoff contention for the West are going to matter probably quite a bit here is uh, – I I need to double-check, but I'm pretty sure uh, when I saw it, it was one through six are separated by a game and a half. So it's, Yeah, that it's, sounds right. It's Something pretty like contested, and the, these head-to-heads, those half games are going to uh, come into play and, and matter here quite a bit. But uh, that, anything else you wanted to touch on on the Suns, uh, they were able to, Jokic kind of carried him to a pretty solid 
Uh, a couple good wins last week. Obviously, teams you should beat, but uh, yeah. able to get things through. Anything else you wanted to hit on? Uh, I mean, we lost against the Lakers. That wasn't fun. LeBron looked really good that game. Russell Westbrook had a game off the bench. And then, yeah, in the Wizards game, I, I, we didn't talk about this at all, but uh, Nuggets set an all-time record, NBA record, for points in the paint in that game with 98, um, which was insane. And um, also, on top of that, I think that was the first ever Jokic jersey swap of his career after the game. He swapped jerseys with Monte Morris, um, <laughs> which was just, I don't know, it was, it was funny to see. Um, and then, yeah, he got his MVP trophy after the game, and apparently he left it there. He, he wasn't even going to take it home. And, like, Nuggets staff, like arena staff, had to wheel it out to his car while he was getting ready to leave. So, yeah, it's just, that's a funny Jokic moment. For sure. Um, but yeah, that was, it was a pretty good week overall. Uh, just try to erase the Lakers game out of my mind. But yeah, and that Lakers team is like sometimes it's a bad loss and sometimes it's not, just depending on how hot they are. And I feel mm-hmm. like it was like a, it, it, it's like, it's a loss. It's not like one you're like, which we'll talk about here shortly, uh, some really stupid losses that make no sense at all other than you can't shoot for. Anyway, that that's a great segue into, uh, just touching on the Celtics because I would be angry if I didn't. Um, yeah, twenty-two and nine on the year. They're second in the East. It's weird though because the Bucks are have played two less games than them, so the Celtics have won and lost more games than the Bucks. But yeah. the Bucks are still in for it's. It's just weird. But anyway, mm. um, the Celtics have been, and I knew it was going to happen the way they were living and dying by the three. They've shot terrible four of the past five games. Two of them against the Magic. Uh, the second one uh, where we only scored ninety-two points. Uh, and I say only, but they were averaging like 114 or something stupid crazy. Yeah, in, tw- like in 2022, 92 is nothing. Yeah. No, and it, and I was like, I think that's the lowest they'll get again. But, um, and I, and like a lot of, half of it was like a really tough road stretch where this kind of kicks into a week prior, but they had to play. Uh, they started off with Phoenix and then they went and played, uh, pretty much they just ran through the Pacific, uh, the Pacific or South, the, all the California South. teams. They oh, had yeah, to play. Pacific. Kings, who are playing out of their minds, and then they had the Warriors in that stretch, they had the Lakers in that stretch, they had the Clippers in that stretch. The only time the Clippers have been all there, healthy all season, is when they <laughs> played the Celtics. And then uh, they had these two finally got home after this like six-game road stretch, five-game road stretch, whatever. They dropped both games to Orlando on Friday yep. and Sunday. And I'm like, what the... And J- uh, Jason Tatum wasn't there for Sunday's game, but I'm like... Mm-hmm. What I just was and Robert Williams is back and so he got more minutes so that mess with flows a little bit it'll help out the the it'll, I think it'll help that defense obviously in the long run just return to that top defense because we're a top ten defense but near the bottom of the top ten and I just want things to to re level out and return back to where they were yeah if that makes sense yeah but it was just they were just dumb losses it made me so angry watching those games mm-hmm. yeah honestly we should turn this into a, a magic corner or a what's an alliteration for that but uh, a magic uh magic festival. mound a, ma- a mound of yeah because we'll talk about the magic i'm sure plenty because uh spoiler uh we were going to be talking about the awards way too early season awards and how things are looking whether that's a vegas odds or just kind of eye test um and i'm sure we will there's a certain uh, guy on the magic that i think will come up uh, for at least one of those conversations if not more of them mm-hmm. yeah he was awesome, and yeah. especially in that Sunday game, Paul yeah. Bancaro. Yeah, he was and, uh, cooking. 
they just have a fun team of bunch of big guys. Bull Bull. Yes. Wendell Carter Jr., Franz Wagner, the other Wagner, you know. You know, in the first game, I was like, they just shot crazy. We'll be fine on Sunday. Like, that was like, I think I even told, texted you or told you, I was like, I've never seen them, like, a, the Magic just turned all into crazy good shooters and, like, they couldn't miss anything. And then I was like, okay. On Sunday, I was like, we didn't have Jason Tatum. And I was like, this is going to happen. And it did. Mm-hmm. And it was a bummer. But it'll it'll be fine. It's it's a long season. Um, what do you think of uh, Grant Williams' pass? I don't it's whatever. I don't. I I try not to stew on it because any rage I had towards the Celtics got erased yesterday uh, by that Matt Patricia, New England Patriots offensive coordinator, should not have an NFL job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you saw this ladder. I'm just, if you have a iPhone, a phone, not iPhone, but if you have social media and have any page that follows football, you saw this Patriots lateral play. Then they just threw it. I I'm gonna stop talking because then we won't get very far. But <laughs> Um, yeah, so any anger I had towards the Celtics, and it wasn't even anger, it just was like, dang it, uh, got erased after that Patriots game on, uh, Sunday. They took the brunt of my disappointment as a sports fan. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. Yes. Both had blunders same day. Yeah. Yeah. Same day. It was a rough one, but great weekend for sports. Um, but we can talk about that here uh, a little bit later. Overall, uh, Celtics sees next, this next week for the Celtics, uh, they will be facing off on the 21st against the Pacers. They are the ninth in the East. Uh, T-Wolves, 10th in the West on the 23rd. And then on Christmas, they have the Bucks. That'll be a fun game to watch on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how good of a game it'll be, but it'll be a fun game to watch nonetheless. <laughs> As uh, Chris Middleton is uh, spooky. He is the boogeyman. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I, I, Yeah, I'm just yeah not looking forward to that. But Joe that is Ingles. where things at. Joe Ingles will be back. Oh, really? Is he, he? I think he's going to play his first game next week. Jingles is trying to play on Christmas, so that'll be yeah, that'll be so fun. Um, but yeah, so moving on, we will move to the meat of episode nineteen, uh, and Logan's the one that thought of this prompt, and I think it's a good one. So uh, just kind of looking at, it's not way too early, but it's early awards. Where do things shake out? I've got all, just a heads up, all of the odds or all the things I say, the order are according to FanDuel. So do not get mad at me. It is FanDuel's gambling numbers and the order that they put players. So that is where things are at. Looking at the MVP ladder, Logan, do you want to hear what they have or do you want to put out your MVP ladder first? Um, I, I kind of want to hear what they have, to be honest. So, yeah. Uh, and most of them are pretty um, in, like, in agreement with the order. It's just the odds they put on them. So for FanDuel, Jason Tatum is plus 250. Giannis is in second at plus 300. Luka is at plus 350. Then there's a big drop. Jokic is at fourth with plus 1,000. Embiid's at plus 1,100. Devin Booker's at plus 2,000. And then Zion is plus 2,100. Another big drop before you get to KD. And uh, FanDuel has Steph at plus 2,600. But I believe that this has been uh, not updated. Mm. Or the what I'm looking at, I just don't think it has injury uh because I think that like Steph was playing really well, but if he misses the amount of time that it looks like he's going to, he will be kind of out of that conversation. Yeah. Um, especially if you have the Iron Men that are Luka, the, not Luka, uh, Jokic that plays 80 of the 82 games, if not all 82. Um, Giannis always plays a lot of games if he can. Uh, Tatum and Luka don't exactly have track records of missing time, but they're also not like, I'm never missing a game type of thing. So um, it'll just be hard for 
Curry to fight back his way back into it. So those are pretty much the only notable names. Uh, you go way down lower, and you've got like Shea Gill just at plus ten thousand, I guess. So yeah, yeah. So that was Tatum in first, or was it Giannis? Tatum, in first? Yeah, no, Tatum's one. Tatum's plus one. two. Yeah, plus two. Uh, two fifty. Giannis at plus three hundred. The lower the number, the better hmm. the odds. That kind of surprises me a little bit. That Tatum's number one. I I like it, but I wouldn't have guessed that. Uh, it looks like most sports books, Caesar Sportsbook, uh, BetMGM, almost all of them have him. Um, it's close in all of them, but yeah. he's ahead in all of them. Yeah, the closest one is BetMGM has him at plus two seventy five, as opposed to plus three hundred. So mm. it's not quite a toss up. And I wonder if it's more of a bet on would they give it to Giannis if their numbers are close? If the Celtics end up the one seed, is that is that part of the conversation? I don't know. I just yeah. I, Kind of agree, um, a little bit. I think Luca's team is going to be the, what lets him down because he's mm-hmm. been having a crazy good year. I think yeah. it's just that um, he needs like even if it was like one more piece and he was still doing what he was doing, he's just a piece short. It seems like. Also, what's really weird about the Luca thing is even though he's playing so well and like it seems like when he's out there he's carrying this their their whole team. When he goes to the bench, the team doesn't play any worse. Really, like they're not. They're, they're not struggling when he's not on the floor, which is just a kind of a weird thing to throw into his his case this season. But I maybe that will change as we get more into the season, have a bigger sample and stuff. But yeah, that's something that has been weird to me so far this season. With uh, so you you brought up the Giannis. Like, what was kind of your order? So you had Giannis kind of at a soft one. Was Tatum at your two? Or yeah. What what did what did your top five or top however deep you want to go? Kind of. I was thinking Giannis one and Tatum two. To be honest, I didn't I didn't have a uh, list made out for this because when I when I mentioned the awards, I just was talking about like the updated, you know how they renamed the the awards, <laughs> and they like rebranded the the trophies and everything. Did you yeah. see that? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, I did not realize that's what you were thinking. Yeah, but we could also talk about the awards too. Like that's that's good, but. Yeah, th- this award we're talking about is the MVP. It's the Michael Jordan Trophy. Um, it's on a rock. It's really pretty. Yeah. It's just like sitting on a rock. Yeah, so it's... Uh, I think it's pretty cool what they did with uh, updating this stuff, uh, updating these different awards and giving them names too. Because yep. that's something I've been really jealous with hockey about. How like, like I just look at a guy's uh, accolades from hockey... And it just has a bunch of these uh, these words that I'm like I don't know what that is like the the heart uh, like he has four heart awards and you know blah 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 like and they, there's the James Norris and the uh, Ted Lindsay's one mm-hmm. I'm blanking on what the goalkeeper one is yeah um, Vizina maybe yeah I have no idea but the thing is like hockey fans you know they don't they don't call it by the the description of the award they just call it the name of the player yeah they don't call the MVP the MVP they call it the heart they have yeah. the heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know if it'll get like that with these awards, if people are just going to start calling them these, but I think it's pretty cool. They have Jordan as the MVP, uh, Hakeem as DPOY, most improved player is George Mikan, and sixth man of the year was uh, John Havlicek, rookie of the year is Wilt Chamberlain. And then the, the one I, this is the reason I kind of wanted to talk about it, was they added a new award. Uh, and that's the Clutch Player of the Year Award, uh, and that's Jerry West. 
that is disrespectful to Big Shot Bob Ori. <laughs> he, yeah, he would have been a good winner for that too. I think they had to go with Jerry. <laughs> it would have been weird if they didn't go with Jerry West because he's you know he's Mister Clutch. Yeah. No. Uh, no. I'm. Yeah. Well, then because last year they did East and West, where it was Larry Bird was the East, Magic was the West, Finals MVP, like uh, Conference Finals Most Valuable Player. Yeah. And then. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there was any. Uh, recently, they did the Kobe as the All Star MVP. Yep, award. the All Star Award. Uh huh. Which I've seen big pushes to have Kobe be the logo while they're switching everything up. Just <laughs> make Kobe the logo. Yeah. And the only thing is, I think this will be a slippery slope. I don't think I like how they did all old guys. They didn't have anybody like Jordan. I think outside of the Kobe was the most recent player out of any of them. And I like that they didn't make him a bunch of like him and Akeem. Yeah. Oh yeah, Hakeem. Yep. I, but but I was the same I was, draft. So. Yep. I was I was just happy that they didn't have like a if they make like a three pointer award and they don't go like oh it's the Ray Allen soon to be Steph Curry award like I they 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 went back so it's not going to be like a oh they need to keep changing it hopefully yeah. at least yeah. that's the only slippery slope that I'd be like worried about because like you could argue that like well maybe someday Carmelo who has the most game winning shots of all time should be the Jerry West Trophy Clutch Player of the Year award mm-hmm. person instead. Um, and that's just because people don't appreciate like throwbacks all that much, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Wait, does I'm looking at the list. Does Kareem have two of them? I didn't see any. For, what, it, what, what does it say? Oh, uh, Kareem's is the social... Hold on. Oh. It's the yeah. Social Justice Award. Okay, I didn't social see that. Social Justice Champion Award, a.k.a. Jalen Brown for the next decade. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Executive of the Year was not given a name. Was Coach? Coach of the Year is the Red Arbach. Red Arbach. Oh. Which I, I that thought one. that could be... Yeah, because they've got a bunch of like weird ones. Havlicek is six man. Mm-hmm. Um, Red Arbach, Coach of the Year. He could have been GM of the Year... Also, I think, but yeah, yeah, they don't have an executive of the year. Uh, the Eastern Conference Championship Trophy is the Bob Cousy Trophy, and the Western Conference Championship Trophy is now known as the Oscar Robertson Trophy. I don't know when they made that change. Was that last year? Also, I don't think so. So that's just the team award, like the apparently trophy? they've also they're going to start giving out trophies for the division champions. Oh, really? They're really just the Nats. Doing the it. Nat, this is this is planetsport.com, so I don't know how true this is. But Maurice Poldoff Trophy is the NBA regular season champions. The Nat Sweetwater Clifton Trophy is the Atlantic Division champions. The Wayne Embry Trophy is the Central Division champions. The Earl Lloyd Trophy is the Southeast Division champions. Jumping now to the West. The Willis Reed Trophy <laughs> is the Southwest Division champions. Yeah. The Sam Jones Trophy is the Northwest Division champs, and the Chuck Cooper Trophy is the Pacific Division champions. Wow, those are some deep cuts there. I'm so glad we got a will double Willis Reed. Yeah, in the same episode. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, I I I really like the uh, new additions, at least for like. The ones that I knew of, which was just the main awards, it seems like they're going a little bit overboard with all, all these new ones. But um, I like the clutch player of the year idea, though. Like when I heard that, I was like, that is a perfect award. Like, I, you know, I feel I always felt like there's awards in Dang, other sports. Like, 
Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, because hockey. Mm-hmm. We touched on hockey. Um, hockey has like a best defensive forward, which is like the offensive guy, the best defensive one of that. Yeah. And they have like just all these like the gentlemanly award. They have one that's like a guy that just was the most I don't know if it's respectable or what dominates you is the most gentlemanly player. Um, so they, they also have some of those like specific game type of awards thing, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or specific style of play type of awards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, like, I think Dame though, like you said, uh, he would probably be the winner of that in a number of seasons. Chris Paul <laughs> is another guy that comes to mind this season. De'Aaron Fox would, be, would have been an early candidate for that. But yeah, it'll be that's going to be a fun award to add into the, I don't know the world of basketball. I guess. Yeah, it is cool though. I think how they're adding all these different, um, like, the naming things is cool. I didn't realize how deep they went with it until I uh, just did a little bit more research. But that's a, uh, it is cool though the the adding different level of things because like. I think that they should have two DPOY awards. They should have a guard one and a center one. I think that should have been one for mm. not a while, but like, especially in today's NBA, what each, like, it used to just be a center because they were the anchor of your defense, but now you've got guys like, I mean, Marcus Smart kind of, but then you've got like uh, McCall Bridges, who is a huge, like you could argue that he's like their defensive anchor that Aiton like covers the paint for. So like... Or Draymond Green in those years, Kawhi, he won DPOY, but like they just do different things. And I think that it wouldn't hurt. Obviously, you can keep that one DPOY, but if you have like a a uh, Tony Allen guard defensive player of the year mm-hmm. type of award or a, a Dwight Howard center of the year. Yeah, yeah. Def- defensive center of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that could be a cool like, – they probably won't expand to that, but those, those types of ideas. Because college football, they have awards for everything. Mm-hmm. Like – they don't actually, but like scrambling quarterback of the year, really air it out quarterback. No, they don't go that crazy. Oh. But it's like they have like every, each position has an award for the best one, and then there's like different types of like oh you're the best for this type of it. Just they go crazy with college football, and you wouldn't need to go that far. But I think it would be cool to recognize um, some people that are very elite at what they do, but it'll never win an award. The PJ Tuckers of the world or the Draymonds were like people were like oh yeah they're a big part of that championship. Mm-hmm. But they're never gonna win anything other than like a that that guy's a great teammate. We needed him to make that run. Yeah, type of thing. Yeah, they just need to go a couple steps further in the direction they've already started going with with the six man of the year. It's basically yeah. like they just chop a line like anybody who has come off the bench more often than they've started. Like who's the best player out of those guys? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but jumping on now back kind of to where I thought we were supposed to go with it. Uh, rookie of the year, and I don't. I don't think this one's really close. Um, Wait, let, I didn't okay. super close. Let me guess on this one. Okay, um, it's got to be Bancaro, right? Do you? Yeah, do you have no, the he, he little, Yeah, I have him up right in front of me now. Okay, I say it's Bancaro one, Matherin two. Mm-hmm. And then it's not close after that. Okay. I'm sorry, it's a spoiler. The, it's those like my top two. Wait, wait uh, Shaden Sharp would he be three? He is. Seven. Oh, geez. It's no, but I can't emphasize how not close it is. Okay. Who would be um, third then? Uh, Jaden Ivey at plus 3,000. Yeah, that makes sense. I probably should have guessed him. Keegan Murray's Paolo, in there probably. He is at plus 13,000. At what position? 
Uh, it doesn't do positions. Or like what uh, rank? Fifth. He is tied okay. with Jalen Williams. Okay. Of Thunder fame. Huh. Uh, Jabari Smith's at 24,000, tied with Shaden Sharp and Walker Kessler. Walker Kessler's been really uh, good. Jalen Duran is at plus 50,000. And then you pretty much just list every other rookie at plus yeah. 50,000. Yeah. Um, but it's it's Paolo is at negative 700. So they're like, you have to bet more than a dollar to make, like, you know what I mean by the play at. Yeah. The way, so he's, and then um, Matherin is plus 500. So it's not close. Mm-hmm. They're like, it's, and I 100% agree with them. Um, rounding up, I guess, looking at the top. So Ivy, we said, is at plus 3,000. He's in third, but after that, it's huge jumps. Jabari Smith Jr. is at 24,000. As I said, so it's really not close after that uh, first one and a half. If you want to mm-hmm. count the plus five hundred, is close. But unless yeah. unless he gets hurt, it's it's a wrap pretty much already. He can play like seventy five percent of how he's played already all year, and they just won't change their mind unless somebody goes crazy. But I just don't foresee or that happening. Maybe if the Pacers finally start uh, starting Ben Matherin, maybe maybe yeah. Like I mean, they've been playing him a lot of minutes off the bench, but like I'm, I'm kind of surprised they haven't tried starting him yet. And maybe that'll happen with uh, the topic teasing for next week. Trades. It, the, the, the positionally, it doesn't work, but uh, there's a pacer that is in the potentially uh, trade rumors that we can yeah. talk about mm-hmm. here next week. So tune in next week for that for episode twenty. But back to episode nineteen. Any other thoughts on the rookie races? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it's pretty closed case. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's crazy to think that we're, what, just shy 30 games in for a lot of teams, and we're already like, yep, mm-hmm. good contest, everyone else. Yeah. Assuming, Unless there's like a Donovan health. Mitchell. Yeah. yeah, assuming health. Unless there's like a Donovan Mitchell weird push at the end, because that's what Ben Simmons was for the first probably good 50 games of his rookie, his second year, his rookie year, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mitchell went like crazy at the end. And made mm-hmm. it look closer. It was it wasn't yeah. ever really close, but he made it look close. Yeah, and it was and, and, really because he was the only offensive player on his team, and he dragged them to a playoff spot in his rookie yeah. year. It was a big part of it. And maybe yeah. Matherin, if he gets that starting spot, maybe won't drag him to the playoffs because they're already in the plan. But mm-hmm. he'll get make it look closer, but it's not going to be close. I don't think. Um, looking at uh, sixth man of the year, this one I found interesting when I I didn't look super close, but I quick glanced at uh, what the odds were. Uh, it's pretty obvious because of who one is. And uh, maybe Russell who two Westbrook? is. Yeah. Okay. Number two, Jordan Poole? Yep. Number three would be, I guess, I don't even know if Heroes started more games than he's set. I do not see him, so I don't okay. think he So he's probably starting he most games. Bones Highland is probably up there. Uh, really? Um, Are you kidding plus, me? He's... Top 15. He's at 15. He's top 12. He's number 12. Still. like that, I feel like he should be a top five at least. Uh, when you hear the other names, maybe. Kevin Love? Do- he's not up there either? Wow. He's really low. Has he, he might have missed games. I haven't been paying attention too much. Yeah. To, he's um, the same odds as Cameron Payne and Jose Alvarado. But and Bruce Brown. Is at the same odds as Kevin Love, but maybe Kevin Love has not played that many games. So Bruce so. Brown is above Bones Highland. No, he's below. Oh, okay. Uh, but Kevin Love is at plus thirteen thousand. Bones is at plus eight thousand. Okay, so 
So the only ones with not quadruple-digit odds are Russell Westbrook, Jordan Poole, and the greatest free agent acquisition that Brad Stevens could have possibly ever made, Malcolm Brogdon. Oh, Malcolm Brogdon. Okay, I didn't even think of him. Uh, Christian Wood has got to be up there, right? He's fifth. Fourth place is also potential Rookie of the Year candidate, but ben he'll Matherin. be knocked out. Of, ben Matherin's at four. Okay. Malik Monk's at five or six. Uh, Christian Wood's at five. Bobby Portis, seven. Malik Beasley, eight. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovic at uh, whatever after I just said from Malik Beasley. How and, uh, is he up there above? I guess, yeah, I guess it's just betting. So people are just uh, thinking he's going to be healthy no, the rest it, of this year. And that's what hard, it's like betting and or the, it's odds. It's not like a uh, ranking as of right now. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, because he's only played a couple of games this season. He just came back, but yeah. But yeah. So it's, they've got to, and that's also why I think Brogdon is still up there. Like, thinking that he'll be back and be healthy because he's only missed a few games here and there. But, uh, yeah, Russell Westbrook, I think, probably wins it because he's a guy that, no matter how much you clown on him, probably should be starting. Same thing with Jordan Poole. They're probably starters anywhere else. I wouldn't feel too comfortable betting on Russell Westbrook for that award, though, because not not because of, like, if he is the sixth man the rest of this year, then, yes. yeah, I, th- I think he, he wins the award. But I don't know... I don't trust that situation staying as it is. Like either it's it could go up or down. I don't know. Like he could be not even on the team <laughs> in a little while, or he could you know have a a time where he is getting really mad, frustrated, and starts starting again. You know, I don't know. Uh, I just again, wouldn't feel comfortable putting a bet on it. Tune in next week to hear blow it up tray talks <laughs> here on Hoop Theory. That'll be next week for sure. It's been solidified. Um, cause that is a great topic to go over. Um, looking now at the, um, any other, yeah. Cause I feel like you kind of hit, you listed off most of them, uh, before I even started going. I think Christian Wood should be higher than fifth, to be honest. Um, and this is all, yeah. Cause like currently I, my current top four, I would move Brogdon down. I would probably go Westbrook pool. I don't know if I'd go Matherin Wood or Wood Matherin. I wouldn't I bet know. on pool either with Steph out. Pool's no, if, gonna it, be. and this, and I forget that Steph's done. Pool's yeah. gonna start. He's gonna lose his eligibility or whatever yeah. certain mark. So um, that's that's true. Because you could argue Christian Pool could be second instead of fifth, mm-hmm. um, just if depending on how things continue for the rest of the year. I, I guess I totally forgot, not forgot, but um, didn't even think about the Steph injury thing, which we'll touch on here a little bit uh, later. But um, yeah, moving on to Defensive Player of the Year as our next one. Anything else you wanted to bring up for six man? I'm good. Cool. Looking at defensive player of the year, this one I maybe I'm just stupid and don't pay enough attention. I when I saw yeah, the name I of the top of the list this at all. I'm, no, wait, wait no, don't, it, don't say. I don't. I okay. I won't. I do not think you'll come up with this person. I think this maybe, is the award I haven't thought about like even in the slightest. Because there's like names you'll throw out. Like okay, it's probably maybe this person. It's probably maybe this person. OG Ananobi is he number one? He is fourth. He has the same odds as another person. <laughs> that might it might be your next guess, so I didn't want to say it. Another person, uh, and you smirked. <laughs> so is this a person that you are fond of? No. Oh. A person I'm fond of. I'll give a spoiler. I don't see a person I'm fond of, and I'm scrolling. Um, there is a person I'm fond of about twenty names down. <laughs> is Vanderbilt not up there? No. Really? I'm gonna control F to find that man. He's not even on this list. That's insane. 
That's insane. It's odds. So they might just not think that the jazz dream is going to keep working. Yeah. You, yeah and that, that. and it's odds. That's that's the biggest thing. Um like yeah, I feel like I feel like the DPOY in recent years has become more of a team award than an actual player award. No, it's the best. It's the best defensive player, and that is a great way to make you sniff out number one. A great defense this year. This defense has one, two, three. So in the top fifteen, there's three players on one team. It's one, three, and fifteen. Jeez, best who, odds. Has, who has just been an insane defense this year? Is it Milwaukee? It is Milwaukee. Okay. Um, so you is the one Brook Lopez? It is Brook Lopez at plus one fifty. Like yeah, I like that to be honest. <laughs> no, and it's not because like any disrespect to Brook Lopez. I just will never forget Nets Brook Lopez, where he's like, "I'm not going to play defense, but I'm going to score thirty <laughs> with hook yeah. shots." And my he, brother plays defense. He is no, one of the biggest transformations that we've seen in the league, honestly. He makes the Bucks terrifying because yeah. that's the one thing you do is bully Brook Lopez. Not as bad as you could bully Gobert, but like he also wasn't as good in the paint as Gobert was. You just would like, okay, run the pick and roll on Lopez and get him isolated and you win. Mm-hmm. And he would sag off of people and it made no sense. But no, it's uh, Brook Lopez one, two's Jaron Jackson Jr. Giannis is the second buck at third with plus 1,200. He has the same odds as OG Ananobi. Is Drew the other buck? Yep, Drew's the other buck at 15. Um, also up here, Evan Mobley's at plus 1,300, so he's just behind Giannis and OG. Uh, Bam's Jared plus Allen? Nine, uh, Jared Allen's at plus 3,500. Hmm. Uh, Rudy Gobert's also plus 3,500. Um, Joel Embiid is plus 2,700, so that's going back. And then you get into, like, Mikhail Bridges at plus 6,000. Uh, Draymond's at plus 4,500. Uh, Anthony Davis, this might be pre-injuries, plus 7,000. Drew Holiday's also plus 7,000. Marcus Smart's plus 7,000. Miles Turner, plus 9,000. Herbert Jones is plus 10,000. Zubach, plus 13,000. Paul George, also plus 13,000. And then it's got Lonzo on this list for some reason. I, I think It has Lonzo C- on the list. <laughs> the Caesar Sportsbook, you can bet on Lonzo Ball, plus 10,000 to win Defensive Player of the Year. That's insane. He's listed not available for every other, um, like every other sportsbooks. Like no, you yeah, can't bet. Yeah, I on mean, him. he might never play again. To be honest. Uh, also, uh, Anthony Edwards has the same odds as Giannis to win Defensive Player of the Year. If that tells you, are lying to me right now. <laughs> I am dead serious. There's only one sportsbook on here that recognizes that Anthony Edwards is like a legitimate candidate to put a bet on. He's been awful on defense this year. <laughs> But Lonzo might not play. I think that's the joke. Well, wait. I thought you said Anthony Edwards had the same odds as Giannis. I meant you. I meant Lonzo. I oh, said okay. I'm sorry. I okay. meant Lonzo. Okay. Sorry. That makes oh. way more sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah, I was about bet. to. I was about to quit <laughs> watching basketball for a while. No, that was yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, my bad. That was that was a mistake. Uh, ben Simmons, though, still hanging in there, plus 37,000. Yeah. It's, he's not going to win an award on the offensive end. <laughs> <laughs> this is hilarious to go back and look at some of these. This is insane. That the, There's some sports books that won't even let you bet on certain people. They're just like, nope, not mm-hmm. okay. Um, so, yeah, and then this, these next ones, I don't have a full list because I don't know if they have a full list, but most improved player is the next award on uh, the docket. And... Um, this one is huh. interesting. 
Because there's two angles you could take with this. The angle that I think it was taken at for a long time is it was, who's the best guy that used to be a bum that's like, he's like a solid rotational player? Or like, who's the guy that was like that rotational piece that's moved into a, a legit starter? But in recent years, it seems like it's like, oh, who's that guy that was like legit that just took the next step up and became like an all-star? Like, that's what it seems like it's been the past few years. Yeah. If that makes yeah. sense. Or like with Jaw last year, he like the step from borderline all-star to like a certified superstar. Yeah, type of thing. And that, that was mm-hmm. the big jump. Um, and then there was also the debate of like, do you do a guy from year one to year two? Because like you're going to have a big jump there naturally just because you know how the NBA works. Um, but uh, there is none of those names. There is none of those names uh, on the top five. Of Wait, year none of what year. names? The year two, or year one guys going oh, into year two. Okay, that's a good hint. I was I couldn't think of any of those to be honest when I was trying to think of them. The ones that come to my mind are SGA, okay, uh, Laurie Markkinen, okay. Where are those guys? Those are one and three, respectively. So you hit okay. Shay's at negative one forty five, and Laurie Markkinen's plus seven hundred. Huh. Who's number two? What conference is he in? Okay, I need to double check to make sure I know which team he plays for because I know which <laughs> team he used to play for, and I don't know if he was part of something that happened. Yeah. Because there was a bunch of things that like happened, and I didn't know if he's one of them. He's in the East. Okay. Is he a perimeter player? That is a pos- – uh, yes. He was on a team okay. where there was uh, perimeter players and not perimeter players. Before I almost gave away a hint, but then I didn't. So, you gotta earn this one. Is he from the Jazz? He is not from the Jazz. He is in the. Did I say the West? I meant to say the East. No, I mean like, did he come from the nope. Jazz? He did come from the West, though. From last season. From last season. Oh, Dejounte Murray. No. No, that wouldn't make any sense at all. He would have. He would have been like a candidate last year. He would have been light in the beam last year. I kind of forgot what award we were talking about for a second. I started thinking <laughs> defensive player. But, um, man, I, I don't know. Who is this? It's Tyrese Halberton. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I just, yeah, wasn't thinking of him. Yep. And then Anthony Simons. There's a giant jump. After after Laurie Markkinen, it goes from plus 700 to plus 3,000. Anthony Simons and then Bull Bulls at plus 3,500. So they really bowl, think bowl. it's. I think they really think it's going to be Shea or Halliburton or Markkinen and yeah. no one else. Yeah, uh, which that makes sense, sense right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Coach of the Year is the last one that I have. Uh, I should have been calling these their new award names this whole time. Yeah, yeah, for real. Dang. But um, um, this one I don't think is super. I bet you could get all five of the. You could get three of the top five for sure. Really. I think so. Okay. Um, I mean, it's got to just be like the the best records, right? At um, this point, not all of them. Some of them. Will, Will Hardy has to be up there. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. It's not all just best records. Well, I don't think so. Yeah. Like yeah, so there's a few of the just flat out overachieving guys like Will Hardy with the Jazz. Yes, um, it's like Rick that's, Carlisle with the Pacers. But no, Yep, well, Hardy's one. He's at three. He's at five. Wait, what? Some of it is... Oh, so it's 
Will Hardy's got plus 550 at third place, best odds. Rick Carlisle's okay. at fifth best odds at plus 1,000. Okay, makes sense. And then, let's see, who else is just... And, but there are some that are just best records. Not just overperformed, but just best records. Yeah, so that would have to be Budenholzer and Missoula. Nope. Missoula's one at plus 15, uh, 150. But not Budenholzer? Budenholzer is not up there. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of guys. I think the best way to describe it is there's everyone here is like, oh, this is going really well, but some of their teams are just good. Oh yeah. Like, okay. um, you got Hardy. That's like, oh, oh wow. Willie green. Yes. Willie green is at two. Plus is Willie green up there? He's plus four fifty at second place. Yeah. Okay. So it's Joe Missoula, Willie green, mm-hmm. Will Hardy. Haven't guessed yet. And then Rick Carlisle. But who is the one I hadn't guessed yet? Uh, there. I just left a gap. I haven't. I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. Because I think I think you can get it if you really uh-huh. think about. There's one other team that are like, what? They did that to who? <laughs> They've beat who? How? This guy uh. is famously known as being very salty about getting fired on national television and building one of the greatest dynasties that we'll ever see with their own two eyes. But he wasn't there for when the dynasty became a dynasty. Okay, the person you just described to me is Mark Jackson. Is he not? No, I don't think so. Maybe I have my people mixed up. Oh, are you talking about Mike Brown? Yeah. Oh, with the Kings. Oh, yeah, that's a great choice for Coach of the Year. I didn't even think of him. No, because they're cooking. They're doing, like, great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah. and it's all, I mean, it's clearly him. Yeah. Uh, since he's come in and the the offense that he started running there is like a totally different type of offense that Sacramento's never seen before. No, it's not making just like cuz Sacramento's old offense like no disrespect to any of the Kings players if you're ever listening, it was De'Aaron Fox go score on the fast break and that mm-hmm. was their half court offense was like existent but not really. Yeah. Yeah. And now they're one of the better half court offenses in the league. No, it's like a legit, mm-hmm. a legit thing. So they're it's like a mixture. Their offense. This is this could be a whole podcast. So I'll just say a little thing about it. But <laughs> the like their offense is like a mixture of like Golden State's actions, like a lot of their motion and movement, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like a hybrid with with the Nuggets' offense, where they have like Sabonis in the Jokic role as like a playmaking hub at the center of the floor. So it's a, it's a really cool system. There's like a video out about it on Thinking Basketball. That's really cool. But that yeah. is a great podcast. Not podcast, but great thinking. But he also like makes a bunch of Celtics videos, which makes me smile. Um, yeah, just because they've been relevant since I started watching. Like Celtics mm-hmm. defense is historically great. Anyway, um, moving on, touching on a couple headlines for the week, um, as we're gonna try and do this weekly, like religiously weekly. Um, so this week's headlines. Uh, Jokic and Mitchell were both players of the week. Mitchell uh, was uh, also legit. Like as we talked about, Jokic earlier averaging thirty six points a game, seventeen point three rebounds, and eight point seven assists. Mitchell didn't do the assists, but uh, he was uh, he had seventeen three pointers made on four games. He was his teams were three. uh, His team was three and one last week. Thirty two points per game, three point three rebounds. so solid, not like Jokic crazy, but but pretty solid. Um, mm-hmm. And I think yeah. we talked about it a little bit earlier. I mean, Gobert, the, we've seen the T-Wolves step back a little bit, 
But I think it's the Jazz, Mitchell, everybody, you're seeing them like, okay, maybe it's just better that this relationship is over and we can just go be uh, fun basketball teams to watch slash players to be in. Yeah, I, I just think it's healthy yeah. for both squads. I think everybody in that in that exchange won except for the Wolves. But <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah. because no. they, yeah, my man Vanderbilt, but yeah. That's a great way to put it. Everyone won except for the Wolves. And that's still, mm-hmm. jury's still out. If they can get things to click, maybe it'll work. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, but yeah, that'll be another future podcast topic. I really want to talk about the Wolves no, sometime. No, that'll be, we will uh, stack them up and make a list and be efficient. Next up, okay, the NBA.com, the NBA's official website, has this thing. And it is called LeBron Tracker. And when you click on the tab... It says, keep track of LeBron James's chase for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring record. 300 and, or 732 points to go. Okay, I was about to ask. I knew it was within 1,000. Um, huh. And like, yeah, when you, when you first said LeBron tracker, I was thinking like the, you know, the advanced stat called LeBron. Yeah. I was thinking it was that, but yeah, well, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, it's just like physically like, how many points he scored. And LeBron said to do it in a lot less games than Malone did, which makes sense with the NBA LeBron played in versus the NBA, every era that Abdul-Jabbar played in, which is like, weirdly enough, all of them, except for like the most current <laughs> version. Because he, like, he was like the tail end of like the, oh, they're just a bunch of plumbers. And then he was yeah. also like into like the short shorts. Into and, Jordan's era. Into, yeah. yeah, no, and he was like all the way into Jordan, still being a guy in the Jordan era. Uh it's just weird yeah. to think that he's been like he was there for everything except for this three point explosion. He was around for that style of basketball. It wasn't really around for ISO ball like it was in the early two thousands and stuff, but it's the mm-hmm. same. Uh, he was around for a lot of eras of basketball, and yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, and then sticking to the Lakers, and we'll talk about this more next week if we stick with the topic, which I probably probably will, which is blow it up trades or teams that might be on the verge of blowing it up next week. Um, Anthony Street closed Davis is out for at least a month. And Steph Curry, let me get a for sure how long he's going to be out. It will not be mm-hmm. short, which I like that it's not short. Um, I don't think it should be. Uh, just with what your, your team can get you to the playoffs, let Steph show up and um, be. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. I think that's the, the, the fun, not really fun if you're a Warriors fan, but the um, interesting conversation to have about this about the Warriors hopes for this season with Steph out at least for several weeks. It's like, the bare the, minimum two weeks, but odds are it'll be closer to the month mark, but the bare and, minimum it'll be two weeks. And I've heard even that it could be longer than the one month because it's, so it's a rotator cuff, right? Yep. In his shoulder. And so I've heard that it really depending on the person, depending on the circumstances, that could be causing him pain for months upon months, you know, hypothetically. And so he has to just keep letting it heal until he's pain free. So, yeah, it it really could go either way. But with the Warriors coming out to the not great start in this season um, and then losing their best guy like that, everything is built around there. And then, you know, Clay Thompson has been having the worst stretch of his career. Except against the Celtics, I would like to point out. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Um, 
yeah, and then Jordan Poole has, you know, been up and down. Um, a lot of the pieces on that team, especially like the the players coming in, uh, filling in for those spots that they lost in the rotation with, you know, some of those guys that they lost last season. The young guys haven't really been stepping up in a really consistent way. So, you know, and with the West being so competitive, if they, you know, just see an opportunity to be like, let's just flush this season down the drain with and let Steph come back and heal. Let's go try to get Winbanyama in the draft. Like, like they did with Wiseman, but it just didn't work. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's not all Wiseman's fault. I think part of it is like he was probably put on the work. Draymond was the worst possible person to be his mentor. <laughs> if he is mentally, like not soft, but if he's like not a like I want to get yelled at type of guy, that'd be the same thing as why Cat did not work with Kevin Garnett as his mentor. They're just not built to like that's cat does not get sharpened by like getting ground into the ground. He would prefer like a nice job, buddy. Yeah. And uh yeah. yeah. Part, also I I feel like maybe part of it is like Wiseman is just as a prospect, he's like a physical anomaly. Like he's like a physical specimen type of yep. prospect and doesn't he's never really shown a lot of indicators for having like a super high basketball IQ and feel for the game and stuff like that, which I'd say over any other team in the NBA, like that's a very, very important skill to have to play on the Warriors. No, that's the, like the, that is a huge piece of it. Just because of how, like the, the, the death lineup, whatever they called it, that was built on like, we're not going to be as big, but we are going to help and know exactly what to do and where to be. And then like on the flip side, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not familiar with the Celtics defense, but like you can throw anybody in that Robert Williams spot and everybody else like, allowed to hit it was Noah Vonley for a while and it was fine like it worked okay like we were st- they were still an elite defense with Noah Vonley playing a ton of minutes um yeah and that's just like a guy that was literally almost not in the NBA a year ago like mm-hmm. he was just almost just gonna collect his one contract and just go home and be done and live his life as a normal person that happened to be like <laughs> almost seven foot tall but um or however t- tall Noah Vonley is um but no, I think that's a that's a really good point to bring up with the Wiseman thing is it might have just been such a nightmare fit when it comes to the IQ side of things um, mm-hmm. that that would just be brutal to have to step into. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. But yeah, so we brought up Anthony Davis. Uh, so he's going to be out for a month, you said? At least a month with mm-hmm. a right with his right foot injury. Okay. And he and started that, playing. Sorry, go ahead. That was in the Nuggets game that he went out, right? I believe so. Yeah. Um, and that was a pretty – I mean, he'd been playing pretty solid for him. Like, he had that uh, stretch where he, he started slow and the whole Lakers team started slow. But then he's what kind of was the catalyst to be like, okay, we're going to be a playoff team. Let's go. Like, he mm-hmm. was a big – he had that stretch, I think it was like seven 30-point games or something like that. He was playing really well for a stretch, what they feel like they oh, probably yeah. traded for. Because um, there was worries that, like, the Pelicans are straight up going to get women Yana from the Lakers pick. This is terrifying. Like, and there was like almost, it was just like, what, this is going to happen. And it might still happen if, if LeBron's age starts to show even a little bit, because he's having to do a lot without Davis being able to play. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I have NBA power rankings. If you, I just pretty much wrote, wrote down who is at one and then Celtics, Nuggets, and Sixers. I can bring up the whole list if you want. Um, but yeah. I just have a couple written down. Do you want the whole list up? Sure. Yeah. This is your power rankings, or what is this? No, this is the NBA.com's power rankings. Oh, okay. 
Um, I have not been able to watch enough basketball for me to feel good about giving my <laughs> opinion on Power Rangers. Yeah. And they refresh these every Monday, so. Okay. Is it, I'm get, I haven't looked at the NBA.com power rankings in years, I feel like. Is it uh, really dependent on how, like current performance? It's, how, it's like how the week went, kind of. Not quite okay. as dramatic as the week, but like Grizzlies are at one, Celtics are at two. Uh, so that's like, I feel like kind of a pretty dependent on the current state. Because like, the and it's not the work, but like uh, Bucks are at three, Cavs at four, Pelicans at five. Phoenix at six, uh, Nuggets at seven, Sixers at eight. So it's not the worst. He's got the Kings at nine, which is, uh, I, I think, a little high, but there's kind mm. of a big drop off around that, like just at the low tens. Like Brooklyn's at 10 for him. Uh, 11 is the Pacers or the Blazers, Clippers at 12, Jazz at 13. So yeah. Um, wow. Keep, it's, it's like, it's weird. It's the same way the NFL.com does. There's where it's like, Hyper what happened last week pushes stuff uh, I, a lot. I don't even think it's wrong. I'm just like just realizing for the first time how like even everything is even, but also like almost every like the so many teams are like below average almost in a way. It, it feels that's like. why they're even is because there's like for example the Mavericks. If you take away Luca, they are a booty cheeks team. Yeah, or. The Jazz, they're not actually a good example. But, like, there's a lot of teams that just aren't great. That's why I said, like, you get to, like, eight. I'd say the Sixers are, like, a solid team that's been underperforming. You get a new head coach there, they'll be a good team. But, like, Nuggets are a solid team. Like, seven and above, I think it's, like, actually decent teams. Yeah, I, oh, that's a good way to say it. I feel like, who was at eight? Sixers. Yeah, so I, they're maybe, like the weird middle ground between. Yeah, the two. maybe starting at nine, I would say. Which is like Kings. N- yeah, nine Nets. through fifteen, maybe. I guess I I don't have the whole list in front of me, but nine through fifteen, like those are all like fifteen ranked. Like I, any of those teams could be ranked fifteen. You see it, what I'm saying? Yeah, it's Knicks at fifteen. Fourteen's the Mavericks. Thirteen's the Jazz. Twelve is the Clippers. Eleven's Portland. Ten is the Nets. Nine is Sacramento. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the complete opposite order, <laughs> other than the Knicks, maybe. I think the Knicks should be. Golden State's at 16, back. but that's just because Steph's out. Mm-hmm. And that, that gets weighed in. Miami's at 17, Lakers at 18, Hawks 19, T Wolves 20. But that's what, like, you're 100% right. We're like, you could take, like, these big chunks and, like, randomize the order, and you'd be like, okay, you could make an argument. Yeah. But that, like, top seven is like, these are teams, these uh-huh. are the top teams in the, in the league. Uh, Pacers at 21, I feel like is, they're playing better than, I think that's also what I'm messing up in my head is they're outperforming where they should be. But they're, they're at 21? Sh- they're at 21. I would have thought they would have been higher. That's what I mean. Like, I yeah. put them at the 15-ish mark in my brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same. Like, I put them in the middle of the NBA. Like, what do they mm-hmm. have as the worst team? I feel like that you can't mess that up. Hornets. Me? Who do I? No, no, they have it as the Hornets. I was like, I feel like oh, that's. Oh, yeah. Hornets, I think either Hornets or Rockets, probably. Pistons, Hornets, Pistons, Spurs, yeah. Rockets. So Rockets are mm-hmm. 27. But those bo- those teams on the bottom four are pretty much, like, not a consensus, but, like, it, it makes sense. Especially with Cunningham being done for the year, that might have dropped Detroit a lot in their little ranking thing. Is he done for the year? That yeah. I, That's news to me. I believe he is. Cade Cunningham is definitively done for the season. He had surgery, I think, 
huh. Thursday or Friday. Wow, that is major news to me. Oh, we can talk about injuries next week. Yeah. So, and and where Bojan Bogdanovic? Because I feel like that might happen sooner than the trade deadline. Now, you know. No, yeah, because he's done. Well, we talked about it a little bit. Oh, we didn't know he was gone for the season. It just would be he'd be out for a while. Yeah, yeah, I knew that he was injured, but yeah, he's done for the year. Hmm. Yeah, I had I had Detroit sneaky like maybe making a play-in spot. I think I had them at like the eleven or twelve spot in the East, but not without Cunningham, probably. Yeah. Um, probably not. Yeah. So, do you want to go through these proper or just kind of? What are you feeling? Um. What do you mean proper? Like go if like I, start at thirty and work our way up, or do you want to just kind of like touch on some like I guess we kind of already did that, just kind of like rough look at it and be like, what the heck? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that is. Yeah, I, I think we were probably good on that. Um, I'm trying to think. There was my maybe another thing I I noticed in there. Who is that? So you said Pacers are at twenty one. Yep. Oh, uh, Atlanta. Atlanta's at nineteen. You said. Yes, sir. Um, that I feel like has got to be partly to do with the whole Trey drama situation. Yep. Um, yeah. So, and I, I don't think we'll we are going to talk for too long on that. So we can go into that a little bit. It's just he, you know, didn't uh, show up to the game against the Nuggets a week a couple weeks ago now. It's just weird. Yeah. Um, Apparently he had like an exchange with Nate McMillan and uh, from at least from his camp or either maybe it was a direct quote from him. He said that Nate McMillan told him, okay, well then just don't show up to the game then. You know, he said something like that, but Nate McMillan has come out and said that he's never, he never did say that. Um, But what was really funny about this whole situation, how, how it uh, accumulated, I guess, um, or the culmination of it was where in an interview, this guy that is a local Atlanta guy, he asks Trey, you know, where were you basically? Like what, what was your reason for not being at the game? And he's like, Oh, that, you know, it was personal reasons. Like it's kind of, you know, it's just frustrating that that stuff even got out. Uh, you know, it really shouldn't, it's just a, you know, personal situation or whatever. And he was like, um, so why, but why weren't you there though? Like, what was the reason? You know, it, it is out, it's in the open. So what was the reason? And he's like, uh, cause I was hurt. And he's like, well, John Collins is in a boot on the bench, still supporting his teammates. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just, it was funny to hear. I like, you don't hear that very often where a, lo- especially a local reporter is digging into the star of the team. Well, and I also um, don't know, yeah, I don't know who the reporter is, but if it's like, who's an example of a guy like that I know could just, oh, um, Jackie McMullen, she could, like, there's just certain reporters that could like probably, just because of who they are, get away with some stuff in some cities. You know what I mean? Mm, and like, yeah. they're technically a local reporter, even though they're like bigger than that. Yeah, I, I was thinking, yeah, I mean, that might be the case. I was just thinking of it from the perspective of like Trey's relationship with Atlanta and with the fan base and with his team. Yeah. Like if those are the kind of hot waters right now or not. Well, like, and I, yeah. And I think it's also interesting is this is not the first time Trey Young has had problems with his head coach. It's mm-hmm. like the fourth. 
<laughs> if you go back to like Oklahoma, like he's just been, he just had issues with, uh, it just is interesting to me mm-hmm. that he doesn't seem like he's the easy to go get along with. Because everybody thought there was more problems with Atlanta that first year with Trey than just like the head coaching feud that him and um, Lloyd Pierce, Lord Lord P, Lloyd Pierce had. But like his his Oklahoma coach and him had like a little bit of like a okay whatever guy you you, you do what you want because you're Trey Young, but like. I just don't know how long that works, you know? Mm. And McMillan doesn't seem like he's for that. Like, I would... In what world would we see Trey gone and they still have John Collins? <laughs> like, it's like a no. Like, obviously, like, talent, like, strictly basketball-wise. But if, like, Trey Young gets angry enough and whiny enough... I mean, they have DeJounte Murray now, who has been, honestly... Maybe that was games. protection. Maybe that was, yeah. like, defense against it. They saw it coming. Who knows? But, like... In the games where Trey's been out, like they've definitely been p- playing way better without each other this season. Like that's yes. for sure. And I would say Dejounte's even shown some flashes of like you know you could have maybe even a, a better situation with more nope. sharing the ball, more yeah. like other people getting involved. Dejounte can still be the the number one option, but you know he delegates more than Trey does, and he's a positive on the defensive end instead of a massive <laughs> negative. So, there's that part of it, too. No, that is an interesting one, and maybe we'll talk about that. Not a blow-it-up-necessary situation, but as teams where there's, like, something boiling that you're like, this this could be interesting come trade deadline or even before the trade deadline um, mm-hmm. as as personalities start to kind of inflate and explode. Um, and isn't it awesome to have a superstar that just doesn't say anything? Just kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> like, but Jokic gets awesome. mad, but it's like only at refs and yeah. only at basketball reasons. Which he's been way better at that this year. That's something I want to just give Jokic props for because he has <laughs> been a giant baby in the past with refs. Like he gets way too worked up. But this year it's been very noticeable when he is very frustrated at a call. He just like it looks like he's like Zenny. chanting like things to him like he's just calming himself down and like choosing peace you know he's not gonna get angry it's what it looks like it's so funny to watch but then but if it is repeated enough and it's like you know blatant enough and it's just over and over he'll just get to a point where he snaps again i think that's happened twice twice this year so far but yeah overall though he's been a lot better well no and i think that well he's said it in interviews not this directly but a lot of other people get MVP treatment, and I haven't seen it yet. It's kind of the mm-hmm. gist of what he said before, where he's like, "Yeah." At the time, it was like, "I'm an NBA MVP." Like, do mm-hmm. I not get any like? And I don't think that's how you should call a basketball game. But LeBron hasn't won an MVP in how long, and he still gets stuff. Kawhi, yeah. oh, had, yeah. like, there's still people that still get stuff. James, James Harden, like mm-hmm. you, they, there's people get some calls and like. I totally understand why Jokic gets mad, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Because I remember the game he exploded. He got kicked out, didn't he? Didn't he get ejected? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One mm-hmm. of the times he exploded, he got ejected. So I remember seeing like the buildup, like him, like he like like you see him get red because he's like angry and like he's already tired <laughs> probably because he's Jokic. And then he like yeah. walked walked to mid um, mid court and just like rubbed his head, and then that was it. It was, and then he exploded the next yeah. time the ref made a call, and it was it was it was funny though. So. Uh, yeah, but think how great that is to have a superstar that's just not not great. Like even Jason Tatum, 
like he's he gets like mad but not like it's not causing drama with the world Mm-hmm. Like the closest yeah. thing the Celtics have had to drama with the world is when people thought that uh, Jalen Brown was like mad that he was like in talks with Kevin Durant trade and then Brad Stevens never talked to him. And I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. that it was just like Brad Stevens was being a GM and like looking at what he had and what he could get. And he told Jalen, I'm almost positive he did. It's never came out if he did or didn't. But I'm pretty sure he's like, hey, just so you know, no plans on moving, but this is what they asked for. And we like didn't say no immediately, type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Hmm. But no, I'm glad that. And then also the weird thing with him and uh, Kanye being like friends, but then not friends. Uh, <laughs> that's just weird. But that's yeah. that's and, a whole and Jalen Brown's beef with, uh, well, little you know, it's teammate beef, but just a little kerfuffles with Marcus Smart over the years. But well, that's because that's... yeah, that's because Marcus Smart makes everybody mad. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. what a guy! What a guy! And I, I'm sure Jalen Brown would say that he overall is happy that, that Marcus Smart, you know, pushes on. him and no, yeah. Because I on. think Marcus Smart will go, him and Al Horford will go down statistically. It's not that big of a deal. But if you watch these Boston teams, if there was not the Marcus Smart and the Al Horford to like console and like be abrasive to the two like Jason and Jalen, this team would be in a totally different spot. Like. It wouldn't even make sense how, like, different this team would look. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. Just because they wouldn't have, like, because they're both, like, killers. Like, they they walk onto courts and are like, I'm the best player on this court. And I don't care about your feelings. And that's something that, like, I think Bill Simmons has said it before. Where, like, early Tatum was like, oh, my goodness, I'm playing basketball with LeBron James and Kevin Durant. And, Steph, like, I'm playing against these guys. This is crazy. And then, like, something switched. And he's just like, no, I am... I'm here. I'm playing basketball and I am every bit as good, if not better than you. So mm-hmm. I don't care. <laughs> and he also, I see the parallels, how they do like the MJ to Kobe. There's mm-hmm. super Kobe to Jason Tatum stuff. Um, oh yeah. Which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, on that ty- side of things. But to wrap it up, I kind of briefly talked to you about this here. Um, it is the game that I think we, oh, could yeah. do, we could do every week or almost every week. So for those, um, listening here, I want to give credit to the Owner's Box Fantasy on YouTube. This is where I saw the idea. I'm not stealing. Mm. They probably didn't think of it, but this is where I personally saw it. Owner's Box Fantasy on YouTube. So thank you to them for the idea. And in their videos, they have guys that kind of struggle. And I more am doing this because I think, and I don't want to overhype Logan here, I don't think that these will take very long. Like, I feel like a lot of the time, things will be quick or really long. There won't be a middle, but there'll be a lot of people listening that'll be like, what? Holy. Okay, so I get the example I gave Logan when I talked to him was, uh, so the way the game works is I give you the college, the team they were drafted by, and then the team they currently play for. As of right now, I was just going to do current NBA players, and then we could expand it to all times or things like that. Um, and then I have hints set up for each of them if it's if it's sneaky, but I don't think that any of these will be too hard this week. So the freebie, uh, I, t- I told Logan this example, st- uh, played for Duke, got drafted by Memphis, and now plays for the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Grayson Allen. And that's Grayson Allen, and Logan got that one as quick in person. Um, I got another freebie, Nebraska, Detroit, San Antonio. Isaiah Roby, I guess you're counting Detroit as... He got drafted by Detroit. Well, drafted I mean, it, was a by. Tra- it was a trade before the pick, but 
the, yeah, it's just how the NBA draft works. They can't make those trades official until afterwards. Like if it were in the NFL, it would say the Mavericks, you know? Oh, really? Like, uh, see, because, I didn't know that. Yeah. With, in the NFL draft, if you can make trades instantly and yeah. it will, but like in the NBA draft, even if it's a trade that everybody knows that's what they're doing, they can, they're not allowed to announce it as that team and they have to wear, like he wore a Pistons hat, but everybody knew that he was going to Dallas, <laughs> you know? Okay. And Dallas actually made the pick. Like, for Detroit. Yeah, essentially. Okay, one more you know. Well, so technically not wrong, but I'm also not right. So, okay. <laughs> uh, the next one, and I did uh, I did a NBA random player generator, and I picked three players. So these were the three players. Wait, just just a sec. Can, do you want to give me just the college first? Yeah. Oh, like, and then it's, you can just... Down. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'll slow down. Okay, okay. Here we go. So these are three random NBA players. I had no picking of these. It was a random NBA player generator. All of these are currently in the league. So okay. college, Oregon. Dylan Brooks. No. Okay. They were drafted the by Boston. Drafted by Boston. Oregon. They're current. Oh, Peyton Pritchard. Yes. It is Peyton Pritchard. And that is why I had to give the caveat is I did not um I did not pick oh, these. Oh, gotcha. It was just random. It yeah. was just random. And then the hint was they have never left Boston. Because if it was a drafted by and currently plays for, it would have been Boston twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one, Alabama. Colin Sexton. Yeah. I mean, there's a few Alabamas. I, I was just lucky. But. This is the next one that might be the hardest. If It's definitely the hardest one that you'll see today. Okay. USC. Evan Mobley. No. They were drafted by the Chicago Bulls. They were drafted by the Bulls. USC. Huh. I was thinking, before you said they were drafted by the Bulls, I was thinking either DeRozan or Vucevic. But they're on the Bulls right now. I And they weren't drafted there, though. So give me the team they're currently on. Hold on. Uh, that would be the Washington Wizards. USC. Oh, Daniel Gafford. No. Really? No. Hmm. I honestly don't even know where he went to, to school, but I just he he was drafted by Chicago and now he's on the Wizards. Um This guy has been do you want the hint or not? Yeah, give me a hint. I believe he has played for five different NBA teams. Four of them oh, have geez. been in the past two years. Daniel Gafford went to Arkansas, by the way. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, you you okay, know so, this guy yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll I'll get there. Um so he has played for five teams. He's from USC. He got drafted to the Bulls. He's on the Wizards. Um And then I have he... one more hit written down. Okay, go ahead and give me that one. Do you want to guess your first guess or not? Do you want to guess first? Uh, um Mm, just give me a, yeah give me the other hint the 2009 draft wow 2009 draft okay so i'm not thinking of like i, I haven't thought of anybody that old yet on the wizards okay so ish smith is on the nuggets he's not even there anymore wizards um i would also like this is a half hint i think his most famous time was probably the bulls is he a is he a guard or a big man? Or is he a forward? He's a forward. Okay. 
I also wow, feel bad because so, one, so one of the weird. one of the hints I gave was terrible because it was just straight up wrong information. Oh, which He's, one was wrong? The past four. So I said like he has played for five teams, but mm-hmm. the first he uh, left a team. I guess you already could figure this out yourself, so I'm not spoiling anything. Um, he played with the Bulls until. 2017 and then that's when he started shuffling teams every couple years wow okay so 09 to 17 for the bulls oh taj gibson my goodness i totally forgot that he was on the wizards okay yeah and and then that because i thought he was a knicks guy because the like randomizer was like the knicks i said well i don't know if he's on the knicks so i looked it up i was like oh he's on the wizards technically yeah yeah i knew that he was on the wizards i just totally forgot about it yeah. Hmm. So yeah, that was uh. Oh, that, was that was it. That was the last but one. I can do more. They're really easy. I can just do this. Do what? Let's do one more. That one was frustrating. Also, this was fun. A... The random current NBA player gave me Isaiah Roby. I did. The random current player. Yeah. Okay, we'll do this one. College Marshall. College. Hassan Whiteside. Yep. I, I don't think there. I can't think of another person that played in the NBA with from Marshall. Um, Mike D'Antoni. Oh, you're looking at players players who played in the league from. Jason, did he play in the NBA? Mike D'Antoni. I don't know. I'm just looking up. Uh, yeah, oh. ABA slash NBA players. Oh, um, I did, okay. I didn't know he played in the ABA. Tamar Slay. Don't two, know who that is. Two thousand two. Uh, the oh, outside of Hassan Whiteside. Uh, the most famous person that probably has played there is White Chocolate, Jason Williams. He played at Marshall? And Florida. But he went to uh, Marshall. I was gonna say, yeah, I was going to say, I knew he went to Florida. Yep. With, with, oh, I uh, guess, I'm sorry, Marshall fans. Uh, the number one overall pick in 1948 went to Marshall. Hmm. Andy that? Tonkovich. <laughs> okay. He had a one-year career. Wow. It's yeah. like uh, outdoing Anthony Bennett. Yeah, he on, played in seventeen games, and he made nineteen field. Uh, yeah, he made nineteen shots of on seventy-one attempts, sixty-six uh, percent from the free throw line, though, uh, with ten assists across seventeen games. He uh, yeah averaged two point six points a game as the number one overall pick. Wow. And yeah, then who's another one? Oh, Russell. Nineteen seventy two's sixth overall pick, Russ Lee also was a proud member of the Thundering Herd. <laughs> he only had a two year career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Um, what does this mean? Oh, just kidding. They have a Hall of Famer, Hal Greer. Oh, okay. <laughs> it just I like I was just looking at draft pick. I was like, wait, why does this guy have an asterisk? I look Hal Greer. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. He went nice. to Marshall, and he was a, a pretty pretty okay basketball player. Yeah, pretty okay indeed. Uh, yeah, went to the uh, NBA and played for a very long time. Mm-hmm. A total of 1,122 games. But that is all I have written here on the docket. Would you like to wrap us up, Logan? Yeah, uh, that was a great episode. Another one in the books. This season is just ramping up, and we're just going to continue to dive into it so yeah thank you for just enjoying this episode all the way to the end uh if you did hopefully you like the new style here 
Jacob taken over a lot. You know, he has a lot more usage now. He was kind of hidden in the corner before, but now he has more spotlight to shine. Uh, and I think it's it's good for our ball club. So yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening uh, to the Willis Reed episode of the Hoop Theory Podcast. Uh, stay happy, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you guys next episode. Mm-hmm.